first, first of all, <laughs> first of all, ain't nobody going to hell for that, man. He ain't going to hell for that, man. He can't even go to get unemployment, to go sign up for unemployment. He ain't even going to take care of his daughter when he's supposed to. Man, whatever, man. Hey, don't get me started on this Sunday. We're doing a special podcast edition for fathers. We ain't trying to talk about that people ain't doing what they supposed to do. I get that. I get that. I hear you. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, let's go ahead and get started. And here we go. The following podcast contains explicit language. Seven times out of ten, we listen to our podcast at night. Thus spawned the title of this program. What now? Are we on? <laughs> Facade Podcast fam, what's up? What y'all doing? How y'all doing? This the Facade Podcast, hosted by the two of me, the professor, the student, hip-hop junkie, R&B savant, the radical conservative, hustler, never the informant, the one who seeks to be understood while trying to understand. Here all are welcome. Now, my nerd don't always translate well, so bear with me. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Oh, man, you talk about trying to get a show on the road? Hey, so for instance... Now, I don't do no hugging. I don't do no hugging. But Joe Button Podcast, man, I don't know how they come out with two episodes a week. Like, they they been grinding forever, ever. Forever, ever? Seem like it. I mean, it's just uh, a lot going on. Just me, I stay at these planes, man. If I had a portable recording studio, I'd be coming out every Wednesday, which is what we're supposed to do. It's come out every Wednesday. But I get it. I mean, sometimes we don't. I just got back from Minnesota. So I flew to uh to Chesina, 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 Minnesota, right this last weekend, two days ago. Thursday flew out there to do some work with um Umoja. They got an Umoja summer camp for parents of black children, whether you foster parents or you adopted a black child, you the same race or not the same race. Flew out there, gave them an immersion exercise, eight hour uh, immersion about what we don't know about what we don't know. About raising black children, right? So we had to hit them with the abridged version. Normally got that 16-hour immersion. But, you know, we only have four hours. So hit that, got on the plane, came back. It's been great, man. Took my pops to go get a chair <laughs> to, go, to go get a recliner. So I had a question. When did recliners become part of American culture? Like, who, who said that? Recliners became part of American culture? Because, like, my pops, man, he got, they look like thrones. Watch the throne? Yeah, times 30. Every time he sat in one, he, he just sunk down off in it, man. He need, they sold oh, all. Oh, they had these well, warm recliners. When you push the button in the power, they lift up and dump you out of the, they dump you out the chair. I wanted to get him that joint, but he ain't like it. So I was like, okay, pops, you know, whatever you, gonna, whatever you want, you can do it. So he was like, hey, uh, I don't want that. So he didn't want no chair. He didn't want no lawnmower. He didn't want no... Oh, hold on, sidebar. So if you, if you are a child of a, a father, if you are a wife of a father, if you are a sister of a father, if you are a mother of a father, if you get that person that you say you love, draws, socks, or a gift that requires them to work, 
you extra trash. <laughs> you heard it first here. Extra trash. Don't no man want no. He he really don't want clippers, heads clippers. A man don't want um what what else is a working gift? Uh, knives. He don't want no knives. Uh, here's what I told my kids. I said, listen. Now Father's Day coming up. If my gift ain't got a power button on it, don't give it to me. I don't want no draws. I got draws on draws on draws. I got uh, socks, stand socks on socks on socks. I get them I wear them one day, then my, they in my son's closet. So he really getting a, a gift for himself. I don't want that. My gift need to have a power button on it, or you can keep your gift and your card with that. And when I open your card and turn it upside down, there better be some money in it. I don't care if it's $1. Everybody in my house got a job. I need y'all to show me love in a different way. Now, food... Is always good. Food preparedness is always good in, in Minnesota. Went to this vegan restaurant called uh, Trio. Man, it was extra good. Man, it was extra good. I had the, uh, the cauliflower barbecue wings. So there really wasn't barbecue wings. So, sidebar. December 31st, 2019, I will be a vegan. Here's what I don't get, though. Like, it's a vegan. Like, you're a vegan, right? So just do your, do your vegan thing. Don't name it something that reminds me of meat because I ain't going to want to eat it. So the cauliflower barbecue wings, they was good, but it was cauliflower and barbecue wing sauce. And it was lightly simmer sauteed. Oh, man. Whew, tasted extra good. Then it was, uh, uh, oh, the ribs. The jackfruit ribs? So listen, I realized that making the transition to vegan is going to require that I shift my paradigm around what is food. Right, so when I now when I see meat products, I, I all I can see is like deer running and cows getting their heads cut off <laughs> and chickens getting their wings pulled off their bodies while they're still alive. Like that's all I see. So I be so I feeling sad for my food, right? So oh okay. Hold so hold on. This weekend I watched Forks Over Knives. Forks over knives. Now listen, I don't be trying to tell black people. I don't try to tell white people. I don't try to tell uh, uh, Tongan, Fijian, Samoan, uh, Asian. Like I ain't trying to tell nobody how to live. But what I am saying is this. Your ancestors didn't eat processed foods. Right? Your ancestors ain't have heart disease. They ain't have hypertension either. Right? From stress. Well, they may have had it. It may not know how to measure the stress. Because I'm sure that, you know, the way they was living was a little different. But they was not eating anything out of a can or a bag. So for all y'all out there that's keeping it 100 and, and obeying your ancestors, want to make your ancestors proud, stop eating anything in a can or a bag. Transition from pork and beef and chicken. Whew, barbecue chicken thighs and skinless, boneless and chicken to plant-based life. Man, I'm I'm 100% in now. I'm done. Ice cream, yogurt, uh, milk. Why well, I, I haven't drunk milk in a while. Uh, some other things like that. I'm done. Like I can't do it. I, I don't want somebody. I don't want them to have to cut my leg open and take a vein out of my leg and put it in my heart because my veins close down in my heart. I don't want to do that. I, I'm I'm not dropping to death. Not doing that because I kill myself. I'm not killing myself one bite at a time. And I don't mean to sound like I'm just way out there or uh, out of bounds. Just I'm just telling y'all. I love y'all. If I never met you before and you're listening to this, your first time to the Facade Podcast, we don't preach on this podcast, but we do share information. Please, plant-based life. Anyway, I kind of just, you know, again, I'm transitioning. December 31st. 19, sorry, I'm going back in time. 2019, I will be vegan. 
Now, I have, I have not drunk milk, but I have ate ice cream, sherbet, and I ate some today. So I went to Brahms, right? So those of you who don't know, Brahms is like an Oklahoma uh, ice cream company. It's, something, it's in Kansas a little bit, a little bit in Dallas, a little bit, but it ain't nationwide. And so they got, they got six new flavors that just came out, Cookie Monster. So here's the thing. When they let you do a sample, it'd be a big spoon. It'd be a tablespoon, not a teaspoon. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Which one's, which, one's big? which one's bigger? Okay, they, they don't. They, they trying to tell which, which one's bigger. So they had Cookie Monster, which was hot garbage. They had oatmeal cookie, which didn't taste like oatmeal cookie because they had no raisins in it. And it's okay. Then they had peanut butter and jelly. That ain't, no, don't don't ever do that. Uh, they had strawberry blondie. It's just something about eating. Yeah, uh, yeah, I couldn't do that. Uh, and then they had uh, deep raspberry ganache. Woo! So the deep raspberry ganache is chocolate with a hint of raspberry. Oh, when I tell you a hint, that's all you need. So, uh, guys, if you're if I'm up on you, or uh, not even up on you, like away from you, like maybe a uh, two feet circumference, and I can smell your cologne. It's cheap cologne, and it is trash. No one likes that. Don't do that. You got on too much. I ain't supposed to be able to smell it. I'm supposed to walk up on you, hear you talking, and barely smell it over your breath. That's how I know you got quality cologne. That's how the ganache, the raspberry. Oh. That was the taste. But what I got was spicy mango raspberry fiesta. Woo! Spicy mango raspberry fiesta. So let me tell you what it tastes like. This is what I thought about when I ate it. I felt like when I was eating it, it felt like when I was 18 and I was tongue kissing one of my mama's friends and she was 45. <coughs> <laughs> and, and I wasn't supposed to be. Nobody knew it because she was taking advantage of me. <laughs> and it was warm in my jeans. <laughs> That's how I felt. That's how I felt when I had that ice cream. Oh, man. It was extra good. Because <laughs> it was just hot. It felt like they made it with, with Tabasco sauce. Just a hint of it. Oh, I love Tabasco sauce. It was extra good. That's, what, that's a childhood memory that it made me think about. So, yeah. Get that strawberry mango uh, raspberry, wait, hold on, what did I say? Hold on, let me, I had it up on my phone. Oh, oh, wait, hold on, here you go. Oh, uh, yeah, hold on. It was a, a spicy mango raspberry fiesta, Brahms. Y'all done did it. But yes, anyway, it's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there who take care of your kids, all you fathers paying child support, and the mama won't let you see them kids. To all the mamas out there that's raising their kids without their father for whatever reason. Happy Father's Day to all of y'all. Woo! All right. Top five topics. So I, I, want, I want to broach some topics. I, so I, feel like, I feel like the spirit is moving me like the Lord that sent something down in my life uh, trying to help me uh, get alright. So last Sunday, right, I went to church. And the first thing I thought about was... Why it ain't no gospel trap music? Why that ain't a thing? Like I like I want to hear, so I don't want to hear Lecrae because I ain't never heard him talk about Jesus ever. I heard him rap about God and be positive. He's a Joel Osteen of hip hop, right? He ain't gonna talk about Jesus. He ain't gonna say the Holy Spirit. He ain't gonna say that, but he gonna rap about it loosely. Right, like it's a positive force in his life moving. Like he's the Jedi rapper. So not that. I'm talking about. I went, I went to the day, and the day was bad. And then something that I saw, I could say it was that. Right. Like, yeah, I can't rap. Obviously, I could back in the day, but not now. But I want to hear some gospel trap music. 
I would have heard Kurt Franklin in the choir with two chains singing on rapping on top of that. With T.I. on the second verse, I need CeeLo singing the hook and the bridge, and I need you to finish it with Gucci Mane. <laughs> That's what I want. I want some trap music about how I got to the place. All expletive. So I'm grown. So the spirit is moving around me and in me, but I'm grown. I'm not cursing. I need to hear the transformation story, right? So usually when I see people on stage or whatever, they're doing their thing in the gospel rap, it's all about right now. Right? I didn't hear about how you had a uh, needle in your arm, about how you, you were just out there putting cigarette butts out on the foreheads of kids like before you transformed your whole life. I, I want to hear, hear about that. But before, when you weren't paying tithes, but you went to church every Sunday, suspecting to get something from God, and you didn't bring nothing to the church. I want to hear about those stories, how you was homeless, all that. I want to hear all that. I want to hear some trap music, right? So trap, matter of fact, I want to I hear, let me see, this this be a... Uh, a perfect example of how, of how of what I of what I want to hear. Now just think about it. You know how hip hop evolved over time. Back in the day, I was in this rap group called Divine Words. We used to get it in, you know, for God. And preachers was out there saying, "Yeah, you can't do that. We don't want to hear that. We don't want that rap mess in the church." Sidebar went to church today. Man, the church I grew up in is a geriatric church. <laughs> it's a geriatric church, man. That's what it's become. It's, it's my pops and all the people he went to high school with. That's it. Listen, churches, if you don't have babies crying in your church, your church is going to die. Literally. Like, you got to have new life in your church. Young families that are in pursuit of the word, please do that. But if, this is what I want to hear in a, in a uh, church, well, in a uh, trap music, but different. Like this. So, let's be clear. Even though T.I. created trap music, Future perfected it. Perfected it. Future saved me seven heaters. Please go get that joint. Seven extra straight haters for future. But anyway, I don't want to get into that. I did want to get into that. Gospel trap music. I want to hear I want to hear that story about how you got to God. Like I think that should be a genre. So we got gospel music, then we got trap music, but I want to hear about the transition, about how you became conservative over your life, about how you don't take penitentiary chances no more. I want to hear all that reflective that so people can know you struggled before you got to what you got to. Right? Then I thought about this. So my son, this is the second topic. My son, Osiris, he, maybe two weeks ago, one of his friends died. Committed suicide. Right? And so this ain't funny. Ain't none of this funny, what I'm getting to say. So when we were in Utah, we went to this church. I won't say where. But since we left, since my son left, maybe, maybe it was 2000. Was it 16? In three years? Five black boys, three of them committed suicide, same church, and two of them had car wrecks and died. And it just got me to thinking, like, what, what is that? What is that doing right there? Like, what is that? Is that, is that God call, calling home his children? Like, 
Like, I don't understand that. Like, my life, my life, this is just me. This is my life. So I don't make no correlations. When people commit suicide, I don't say it's because they was crazy. People commit suicide, I don't say it's because they was depressed. When people commit suicide, I don't say none of that. I don't want to make no false correlations because I wasn't in their head. But let me say it right now. Doc Hodge ain't never committing suicide. Ever. All I got is this. That's all I got. So whether I'm homeless, whether I'm hungry, whether everyone around me that I love is swept up in Oklahoma tornado, I'm still going to be here. If the Lord's keeping me here on earth, I ain't killing myself at all. At all. Right? So I just I just wonder about that. Because I don't really understand suicide and what, what that looks like. Like, why you would do that? Why would you do that? Why would you? Like, it's people that love you on this side of life. So we're on this side of life. Right? On the other side of life is our spiritual side of life. Right? So I, so I kind of believe that Every time we sleep, in our sleeping moments, our spirit is heightened. So our spirit through dreams, sometimes my dreams are premonitions. Sometimes my dreams are, I believe, ancestors talking, speaking to me. Sometimes my dreams are influenced by something I watched before I fell asleep. Right? But I still think that my spiritual me is trying to get to a space of going to sleep at all times. So when, I, when I'm awake, when I'm an awaking, wake... Like my spirit is sleeping. Like my spirit is awake. So when I'm awake, my spirit is awake. But when I sleep, my spirit is sleeping. And it wants to stay asleep, which is why I sleep in real life. And my spirit is trying to get to a state of complete sleep where I'm not awake on this side of the world, on this side of life. And so, yeah, that may sound crazy. I know that I know what it means when I say what it means, right? But I don't know. It's just I don't get it. I think about that. I pray for the families. But if there's anybody out there that's dealing with suicide, please talk to somebody you care about. Don't listen to Logic, because he is extra trash. We're not talking about hip-hop perspective. We're talking about real talking. If you're going through something, talk. If you need somebody to talk to, DM Facade Podcast or DM Dr. B. Hoskins. I'll call you personally and talk to you. Or listen. Actually, I'll listen. Maybe if more people listen, people would commit suicide. So I'll listen to what you have to say. And maybe we can work something out because, listen, it ain't, well, I won't say it ain't bad enough for you to kill yourself. I'm just saying I wouldn't do it. And hopefully you tell somebody you love before you actually do it. Yeah, I, I want to get off that. I yeah, I want to I get off that. So when I went to the trio spot, third topic, I went to the trio spot, and they had uh, they had the jackfruit, uh, barbecue ribs, when it really wasn't. It was like jackfruit that was in uh, barbecue sauce. Oh, mwah. Magnifica. It was great. It was extra great. Loved it. They had the uh what did they had just had regular greens and regular uh uh sweet potatoes? Man, I don't know what they put on the sweet potatoes, but that joint was knocking. Ugh. It was knocking out now the mac and cheese. <laughs> yeah, not so much. So when last time you just you like you were trying to open the box up and then you couldn't get open with your hand, so you took your mouth and tried to rip it apart with your mouth. It tastes like complete cardboard, and you got a tongue. You got your tongue cut open a little bit, and your tongue bled a little bit, and you taste your own blood. That's how that mac and cheese tasted. So, so just because it's vegan, let me be clear. Just because it's vegan don't mean it's hot. Yeah, don't, don't mean it's good or popping. So yeah, this this that <laughs> they tried. The five out of the six things was extra great, but that sixth thing was extra trash. And it had no flavoring on it. It was trash. But that uh, all oh, that cornbread. Oh, it was like a plum 
cornbread. Oh, man, I didn't ask for the recipe, but it tastes like slices of heaven. Oh, it tastes like extra heaven. That plum cornbread, I never had it before, but it was good. So I'm just letting y'all know, your boy's transitioning to whatever. So when I come to the cookout and you ask me for that, I'm not, I'm not going to be ready for that unless you got vegan chitterlings. <laughs> I, need, I need some vegan chitterlings. Now, I don't know what you're going, what you're going to put in them. Right, because usually we all know. So if you're from black culture, from the South, you, you done had chitterlings. Your grandma cook them for about eight hours to get all the feces out of them before they cook them, you know, so you can eat them, right? Prepare them for consumption so your whole house smell like ass the whole time. And I get it. Like, we don't, <laughs> I don't eat, I ain't ate chitterlings since I graduated from high school. But I realize that people still cook them. How can we make a vegan chitterling that's bad, that's just, Oh, it's so good. We need a vegan chitterlin. I don't know what that would look like. I'm, I'm imagining asparagus or maybe some uh, uh, celery, something with some couscous fried. No, no fried. Sorry, with some uh, uh some couscous maybe and some uh, spicy uh, uh, maybe some spicy mustard maybe or a tart. Uh, jelly. I don't know. Something. We got to get a vegan, vegan chitlin that y'all can make. So I'm, I know my man Damien. He probably listened to the podcast. Damien is out there. Uh, Chef Boyard Noop. I need you to get on that vegan chitlin so I can get that taste. Because it's going to be extra scrumptious. <laughs> and now we transition to topic number four. So I had a discussion with my pops and his homies. So my daddy, I ain't gonna say their names, but they all over 80 years old. And they we had this conversation cycle back around to when I got married and I was looking for TVs going to my bedroom. And I said, Daddy, you know, I wanna have a TV, you know, in the living room and then have one in the bedroom. And I said it at a family function. So him and all three of his homies said, Oh, 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 young blood, hold on, don't do that. He said, go in your daddy's bedroom and see if there's a TV in the bedroom. Now, keep in mind, my dad was like 69 at the time that we had discussion, so we cycled back around to it today. Not for me, because I believe what my daddy believes, but for all y'all out there that don't know what I'm getting ready to talk about. So my daddy said to me, son, you shouldn't have no TV in your bedroom. And I said, daddy, why shouldn't I have a TV in the bedroom? He said, because the bedroom ain't for watching TV. <laughs> He said, if you got a TV in your bedroom, you probably got marital problems. Put a point in it right there. I want to fast forward to 2019. I don't know how many listeners of the podcast is married because I can't pull that data. I can only pull data that's what city you in, what state you in, male or female, or if you are um, age-wise, and what time you listen to the podcast, and if it's what type of device you listen to it on. Across Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple. But let's be clear. I don't got no TV in my bedroom. I ain't never had a TV in my bedroom. And I ain't never going to ever have one. Because you know what? When I want to watch TV, I go into the living room. Or I go into the movie room. Or I go into the guest room. But I don't go into my bedroom. I want y'all to think about it. Now, because I'm a social scientist... I don't believe in causation, but I do believe in correlation. And I believe that there's a negative correlation between the TV in your bedroom and your marriage being on point. <laughs> right? <laughs> 
So if you're in the bedroom, why are you watching TV? Like, what do you do? You watch TV in the living room, and then you come to the bedroom with your spouse and watch TV again? Like, y'all should be sleeping. <laughs> or making your marriage better. And you're not going to do that by watching TV in the bedroom. So I can curve with my pops 200%. Like, get the TV out your bedroom. Make your marriage better. It's a lot of ways to make your marriage better. Like, you can read to your spouse in the bedroom. You could do that. You could read to your spouse in the bedroom. You could give your spouse a hot oil massage on those ashy ankles that they got. Fellas, because I know fellas, plenty of dudes don't put lotion on their ankles. They stop right at the calf with the lotion. <laughs> but that's, that's a whole other topic that I don't want to get into because I can see the couple y'all do it. That's my boys, but I ain't going to bring that up. So it's a couple things you can do, right, if you want to get into making your marriage better in the bedroom. Depending on how big your bedroom is, you can work out in your bedroom. Like we done done that before. Put the video on the phone up. We done done some sit-ups, some burpees, some uh, bench press in the bedroom. We done done that. But, yeah, we ain't never watched no TV in the bedroom because we just don't get out like that. We don't see a, a reason for you to have a TV in the bedroom. You want some knowledge, go outside your bedroom to go find it. Yeah. And the fifth topic is, whoo, stank mouth, mother, father, sister, brothers. Now, listen. Here's my deal. I get it. I love red onions. So it's going to be sometimes I try to put red onions in everything. Right? I, back in the day when I ate cereal, I try to put red onions in my cereal because I love red onions. Right? That's I eat them. When I was growing up, I used to watch my pops eat uh, tomatoes. Pops eat tomatoes like a like an apple, right? Because he says it's a fruit. I say it's a vegetable. He says it's a fruit. Eat them right. Just bite into it. That's how I do after you peel it. That's how I do red onions because the flavor is just so robust. And I be wanting to cry sometimes because it be so good. And I'm like, okay, I love red onions. So my breath going to be hot after that. I get that, right? Because it's lunch. So if I'm going with my colleagues to lunch, like I got a colleague, I know somebody at the university, every time I see them, Taste is they breath is hot, like extra hot, like supernova hot. Tastes like they just had, you know, they had an ass sandwich. <laughs> That's what it tastes like. Like they, like they had an ass sandwich. Like you, it's the middle of the day. Like it's ten o'clock in the morning. You ain't had breakfast or you ain't had lunch. Why do it taste? Why do your mouth smell like you had an ass sandwich? So here's the thing. I googled and I was like. Simple chronic halitosis. Some people got complex chronic acetosis. And we, we need to figure out how to work that. Because if you care about somebody, you say you care about people, right? It's your Christian or your Muslim duty or your Jewish duty to help your fellow human, right? And so I came up, I got three rules of engagement for people with simple, with complex chronic acetosis in their mouth, right? When you smile, and your mouth really ain't open, I shouldn't be able to smell your breath. Like, <laughs> like I, I shouldn't sweat. <laughs> I shouldn't sweat because you're talking to me. I'm surprised you ain't figured it out yet because you probably think that I got a sweat disorder. And I do. That's directly connected to your mouth disorder. <laughs> so because I care, I'm not going to say who you are. But these are my three rules because the next time I see you, I'm going to enact the, one of these rules going to get enacted. And every time I see you, you're going to eventually figure out what the three rules are. Here's the first one. Ask, do they have some gum to give to you? 
So I don't want to be rude, right? So my first interaction, I'm going to say, hey, oh, so here's what I do. I'm a smooth operator like Sade. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pat my, my chest, right? Because I don't got no pockets on my chest. And I'm going to pat my pockets in the back and then my, on my sides. And I'm going to say, oh, man, you got some gum? Because usually when people give you their gum, they take a piece of gum, right? So I act like, oh, I said, last piece. Nah, I don't want that. Oh, I mean, you only got two left. Oh, this to have. Oh, okay. So usually when you eat a piece of gum, they eat a piece of gum, right? It's the switcher rule. I'm going to do that. Or number two, ask what they ate for lunch other than an ass sandwich. <laughs> like, you, like if you just, you want to be rude. Like if you don't care about the relationship and you care, if you that rude to me, I'm going to laugh. And I'm going to be like, oh, my bad. So my breath, my breath extra hot, huh? I, ass? Is my breath smell like ass? Like that? Like how do you know what ass smell like? For you to be asking me what ass smell like? How do you know what I would it? Yeah. So, yeah. I, I would get it. I wouldn't get offended. That's just me. So I wouldn't say that. I'd probably skip number two. Or you can make that stank face, right, until they ask you for some gum. Like you could do that. Like, like, mm, mm. Oh, I wish I could, y'all could see my face right now. Like, ugh. Ooh. And then they'd be like, ooh. They're going to reach to cover their face with their hand to cover their nose. And they'd be like, oh, that's, oh is, that, is, that, is that me? And you can look down at the bottom of your shoe, each foot, and then tell them, look, look, look. And then they're going to look at each foot, look, look. Yeah, that's you, dog. That's you. Your breath extra hot. Yeah, you had a double-ass sandwich. So I'm going to need you to, to take care of that because I'm, I'm crying. I don't want to be crying because every time we have a conversation, I don't want you to think it's dust in my eyes. Even though I love it, it can be extra dusty. I don't want you to think I'm crying because of the dust because I'm crying because your breath is hot and it's stank. So get your stank mouth fixed because I don't want to lose my friendship. Man, I, I, I care about my colleagues. I want to be cool with them, but I don't want to be avoiding them because their breath is extra super hot. Yeah, we're not doing that. So, we yeah, we 30 minutes in. To the podcast. Hope y'all all doing well out there now. For those of you that know the podcast and how we doing it, right? I have a therapist who's a hip-hop head. She always challenged me to do an exercise for the podcast, right? And so she gave, she gave me an, another exercise about me that made me have to reflect about who I was, right? And so the question that she asked me was, What's the most emotional song in hip-hop that you've ever heard that makes me emotional, right? And then why does that song make you emotional? Unpack it. How can you not be emotional? And so this was my song right here. And it, it, it made me... Oh, man, I, you know, you know what? Here, here's exactly what I hate about YouTube. They make it this When I was pregnant in jail, I thought I was going to have a baby and the baby would never be with me. But I was acquitted a month and three days before Tupac was born. I was real happy. It's my favorite song. When I was young, me and my mama had beef. 17 years old, kicked out in the streets. Go back into time, I never thought I'd see a face. There ain't no woman alive that could take my mama's place. Spinning from school. Scared to go home, I was the big boys breaking all the rules. We was poor than the mother little kids. Different daddies, the same drama with things went wrong. We blame mama. I called, it was hell. Hugging on you, mama. Ooh. 
Hey, I see the penitentiary someday. Running from the police, that's right. Put a whooping to my backside. A crack fiend, mama. Was a black queen, mama. It ain't easy trying to raise a man. What's committed? A poor single mama on welfare. Tell me how you did it. Ain't no way I can pay you back. But my plan is to show you how I understand. You are appreciated. Man, that song is. Whew, I get, I get, I get emotional thinking about it. Cause you know it's 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 a song that is um. Like like your mama, like you you ain't, you ain't supposed to have a trash relationship with your mama, right? And I, I know a couple people got you know trash relationships with their mama. Right, and so what's what's ironic about it is, you know, Tupac Shakur, I think he would have been like 49, 48, 49, I think. Well, which one was it? Tell, find out for me. I think he would have been like forty nine. You know, so he's older than me, but you know, I think about his life and how it ended and how hostile he was. And he was out there, <laughs> you know, and I love Tupac for him being himself. Right, and so it just. It got me to thinking, because, like, so for instance, so I got, I explained my life. I'm adopted. So I got my mama that adopted me and raised me, Edie Mae, sold into me, gave me everything that I that I got integrity-wise, right? She's the uh, she's the cursor in the family, right? Not the cursor. As a precursor, she's the cursor. She'll cuss you out, like, quick. <laughs> she's, the, she's the extra cursor. <laughs> so, Sabah, we went to church today, and the preacher talked about the man that was, uh, he had the, the demon in him, and uh, they couldn't get the demon out of him, and he was breaking chains and all this, and then Jesus came to him and was like, hey, uh, what's your name? And, and the demons was like legion because it's a whole bunch of us. So then he, he threw, cast the de demons into the swine and the swine jumped into the lake and died and drowned themselves, right? But in and, and the sermon, he said, yeah, because some of y'all, y'all want to cuss people out. And about six people looked at my mama. Because <laughs> that's, that's her legacy. So she, that, that ain't the only thing, but she is the cursor, right? And so, but I got to buy your whim. You know, biological mom, Doris. Man, we ain't spoken like a year. We get into it, man. Sometimes, like so, she came into my life. She gave me up for adoption, but I met her when I was like seventeen. And so we didn't had the roller coaster ride, man. We've been cool. I mean, like back in the day when I was young, young when I was in college, I met a lot of black women that I dated. I wasn't ready to date, right? So I left a trail of, of her people, of damage. I mean, there's one person specifically telling me, "I love you." And I said to her, well, you know, that's great, but I don't love me enough to love you, right? And it was just, I used to think, like, if, if my mama gave me away, like, I didn't deserve any black woman's love. So I must not deserve her love. I didn't deserve any black woman's love. So I was hella broken back in the day. But when I hear this song, it just made me think about how terrible our relationship has been over time. Now, it has some good signs to it. So it's been good, too, you know. But it's been bad too, you know, and it just, it just, yeah, it just made me this, just, you know, life is, life is short, man. We only on earth for so long. And sometimes, you know, if you got a mama and you cool with your mama, I recommend that you go find your mama, even though it's Father's Day. Go to your mama, call your mama if she ain't in front of you, hug your mama, right? Tell her you love her, right? Tell her you love her and, you know, just try to, 
If your situation's trash, try to make amends. Because that's like likely, that is likely, you know, the only mama that you're going to have, or, you know, that's going to, you know, be in a situation to save you to make you a better person. So, and yeah. Every time I, I speak, I want to shit. I got a, I got a clip of pop. Every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world. But I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. And that's our job is to spark somebody else watching us. We, we might not be the ones, but let's not be selfish. And because we're not going to change the world, let's not talk about how we should change it. I don't know how to change it, but I know if I keep talking about how dirty it is out here, somebody going to clean it up. I know that's right. Somebody going to clean it up. And so hopefully some of the words of the work that I do in the community, in the streets for black kids, for families and parents, it'll clean up because my life ain't clean. You know, again, I have, you know, Anyway, I, I don't want to get sad. This this a happy podcast. This a happy podcast. What we doing? We podcasting for real, for real. Matter of fact, I, I got I got to play my song. Made me feel better. Hold on. exercise either or neither nor <laughs> so I got a real serious question can you be a so my either is either prayer warrior or side piece <laughs> so I started, I started thinking about it and I was like man like People would argue that most people would argue that you can't be you got you separated like you you're a prayer warrior because you're praying for people to do well in life to get out of get out of their poverty to get their promotion to do well or you a side piece right so guys and girls you know you a side piece you know you you doing your thing I had a partner one time who was he was a side piece every day he would watch the husband of the wife that he was with. Take their kids to school, not their kids, meaning his or her kids, but his side, his the woman he was with and her husband take the kids to school and imagine that it was him taking the kids to school. <laughs> now that right there is extra nuts. But I understood it. Like I, I get it. I get that he he was so in love with her that he wanted to replace his life with the husband to become him and take them kids to school because they was his kids. I get it. It was his escapism from his real life. But he was a side piece right then. Right? He couldn't, he couldn't be, 
You know, I, he couldn't, he was a side piece, distinctly a side piece. So you got people that's prayer warriors, and then you got people that's side pieces, right? <laughs> but what if? <laughs> what if you could be both? What if you could be a prayer warrior and a side piece? Right? Like, like as a side piece, maybe you're a prayer warrior playing, praying for them to get divorced so you could be with them, right? <laughs> right? Maybe you saying, hey, maybe she's like, hey, I'm praying that they, that they marriage be so trash that he get divorced so he could be with me. So she's a prayer warrior for herself to get in that situation. Now, I do got some partners that was prayer warriors that hoping that the wife that they was with or the woman that they was with on the side didn't get pregnant. Because, <laughs> hey, man, <laughs> they was not using condos. No condos. There wasn't no condos, man, in, in the spot. It was all house. No condos. So, sidebar, if you having a relationship with somebody else in the bedroom, in the house that you married in, because <laughs> there ain't no TV in that room, somebody need to, your, your spouse need to come, on, come home and pour gasoline on y'all and set y'all on fire. <laughs> like in the burning bedroom. The burning bedroom. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. So I, here's the thing. My mantra is I don't do evil ever. I never do evil. But I ain't out here trying to do good neither. So you will do what you want to do. I'm not the person to give you advice because advice should be based on perspective, not on opinion. I can't tell you what to do for something I never did before, right? Because I don't have an emotional investment in that thing. I can only give you perspective. Right, so yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna talk about that, but you could still be a prayer warrior. Like you could be, you could be both. Like you could be a versatile side piece who's praying for the person you having a relationship with. Right, y'all commit adultery. They commit adultery. You fornicate together, and it feel good, extra good. Your heart is involved. You in love. Like you could be praying for that person to do well in life. Right, you be praying for that person to get the promotion, to not go into bankruptcy, to not get caught. Doing things they shouldn't be doing, like embezzling at work, right? Because if you if you probably got a side piece, then you probably doing other things that's shady too, right? Not to judge and say that you less moral, because I know some people that ain't moral at all, and they ain't even married. So we ain't gonna have that conversation about what's moral and what ain't. But what I'm saying is, you could probably be a prayer warrior, right, and pray for good things, or you could be a side piece, right, and be totally committed to. The person you decide piece for, or you could be a hybrid. It's the symbiosis of being a prayer warrior and being the side piece that makes you righteously trash. <laughs> That's just you can be. You can be a prayer warrior. That's my either or. You can be a side piece, but it can be a both and. So this is my first both and of the facade podcast because I do believe everything ain't either or. Everything ain't a choice. Right? I don't got to be a poor, righteous teacher. I ain't trying to do that. Just because you kicking knowledge or trying to help people get out their situation, I mean, you got to be poor. I mean, you could be T.D. Jakes. He's a righteous, rich person. Right? Now, God say it would be harder for a person that's rich to get through, to get into the gates of heaven than the eye of a needle, camel through the eye of a needle. So, what's that saying? Do God really want you to be a poor, righteous teacher? He might. That might be, that might be what they're saying. I ain't trying to live like that. So I think it's a both and, right? So you can either be a prayer warrior or you can be a side piece. But I think you can be both and. You can be a prayer warrior and a side piece, <laughs> depending on how good of each one of them you are, right? <laughs> <And> that, 
That brings me to my neither nor. Right? So here's my thing. Unconditional love. So neither non-conditional love nor babysitting kids that ain't potty trained. So this, this is gonna sound terrible. I'm not a terrible person. I'm just keeping it real. So I was at I was at a uh, my colleague was telling me a story about somebody that he knew. It was about a person, a woman that was in love with her guy that she wanted to marry. So she wanted to ask him to marry her because it was non traditional. And she was like, I'm gonna take him overseas, right? So she took him to Senegal, right? And they was over there for like three days. And while they was over there for three days, they was. Going through a um, what's what's the thing? What's the, hey? What's the thing where you ride on the um, oh, where you ride on the bus and then they you see the animals, you just see the animals running in the wilderness. I don't know what that's called. Anyway, so they was doing that and he dropped his cell phone while he was filming, told him to stop it. When he got out, he got mauled. <laughs> that's, that's terrible. I don't laugh because of that, but he got mauled. In real life. And so she didn't get a chance to ask him what she gonna marry him. So she stayed with him. Right? And when he got when he got mauled, it ended up he fell out of the thing, got mauled. So not only did he get mauled, right? And when he was telling me the story, I was like, man, I wonder how he looked. Like what what does that look like? Can you stay? Can you be with somebody that's can you be in love with somebody that's mauled? But then he added to it. And he was like, he was paralyzed too. And I was like, oh. Was it neck down <laughs> or, or waist down? No disrespect to anybody's paralyzed neck or waist down. But I'm like, hey, you know, we're talking about unconditional love, which I don't believe in. And so I was like, okay, was it neck down or waist down? He was like, yeah, it was neck down. I was like, man, <laughs> that ain't cool. So she asked him to marry. She asked him to marry her anyway. What? <laughs> One more time. What? She asked him, and his his mama was like, no, we got better insurance than you. <laughs> that would have been a gut check. Mama was like, we got better insurance than you. We retired. We can take care of him better than you can, right? So they end up not getting married, right? Because I was like, man, that's. That'd be a terrible situation. And then, because she, she was in medical school at the time, right? And so I'm sure that she gonna, when she graduated from medical school, she was like, the city we in, I want to move. And, you know, you can't move at all. <laughs> That'd be a terrible conversation. And so, I, you know, it didn't work. The situation didn't work. And so she bounced and got married to somebody else that she fell in love with. So it got me to thinking about unconditional love. Is that real? Is that a real thing? So, like, you know, I've been told I love you unconditionally. Do you really, though? Like, do you really? So, if I went to prison, if I had to do a 25-year bid, like, you're going to fall in love with somebody else. You're going to be doing your, you're going to be in my bedroom where my TV ain't at, strengthening that relationship plenty of times, right? But you love me unconditionally. Like, I don't believe in that. My love is very conditional, right? I'm, I'm, I believe in loyalty. Loyalty is the number one thing. Loyalty is synergy. Those two things are more important than, than love, than being in love. Love wavers. Love is fickle. Love vanishes. Love does all those things. But loyalty, man, I said a thousand times before, like, you got a problem with my man, you got a problem with me. Right? I don't rock with nobody who rock with people that I don't rock with, period. That's where I'm at on it. I'm loyal to you. If you my mans or you my sis, I'm loyal to you. Right, my love don't have nothing to do with that. That's the loyalty. And the synergy is just bubbling. 
It's just where it bubbles. We just be out here and it's just all good. But we don't even have to think about it. We just, we cool. We walking to go get, you know, tacos and tequilas. And we just met. Like the synergy is, is just extra unfettered. Like it, it just, you don't know what it is. You can't explain it, but it's extra cool. And so that's, yeah, that's my neither, because I don't believe in unconditional love. That's my neither. And my nor is babysitting kids that ain't potty trained. So let me be clear. Trenton Jr., my godson, he was the only baby that I was like, hey, he can stay here and ISIS can change his diaper. <laughs> Cause I ain't, I ain't changing his diaper. I ain't never changed his diaper. I'm his godfather. I love him. I'm glad that time is over. I had my nieces came, three little nieces, and I was like, hey, had to drop ISIS off in the morning, and they was there for like four hours. Couple times they had a bowel movement. I was like, ISIS will be here in like forty minutes. Can you hold? Can you just wait? Can you just lay in it a little bit? Lean to the left because it's kind of puffy on the right side. You don't want to, to squeeze out and get on your clothes. So just kind of, I kind of leaned her to the left and hold her to the left till ISIS got there. ISIS changed them diapers. ISIS is that go-to. Now I love your kids, but if your kids can't ain't potty trained, I can't love them like I love my own because I ain't wiping nobody. I don't care who that is. Nobody. Parents. Wife, best friend, nobody. I love all y'all. I ain't wiping Nathaniel. <laughs> like that that ain't in that ain't in my uh in my DNA. I can't I just can't I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm just I'm not built that way. I'm sorry. I'm not built that way. That's just that's just what it is. Teach your kids how to take care of themselves. If you can teach them how to go in my refrigerator without asking for permission, or you can teach them how to say no, no, you can't whoop me. And then they get popped in the mouth or get whooped right after that because they with me and you ain't there? Yeah, don't, don't, don't do that. Like, teach your kids how to potty train themselves. If you can teach your kid, if you can teach a child how to take a letter A, identify it as an alphabet, and then later they making five words, they making words that turn into sentences, sentences that turn into paragraphs, paragraphs that turn into books. Like, if you can teach your kid how to read, you can teach your kid how to wipe. Do that. So get on that. So that's the, that's my brief. My neither nor is unconditional love because I don't believe in it. And I don't believe in wiping your kids' ass if they stand with me or I don't care how bad the situation is. I talked about it earlier about me wanting to be a vegan while I don't eat avocados because it reminds me of ISIS first shit. Every time I look at avocados, what I think about, I can't eat that. That's like eating out of my daughter's diaper when she was a kid. I'm not doing it. So just know that. Yeah, that's not, that's not my thing. Party train your kids. Woo! We 50 minutes in. What we not gonna do. Let me tell y'all what we not gonna do. So, what we not gonna do I'm, I'm, is, is shame the person with the entrepreneurial spirit to come up. Right? So, I got, I got some people that I know. I never did this, but I can appreciate it 100%. Because this is the time before Indiegogo. This is way before... Um, what's, the, what's the other one? What's the one that you can get to uh, start up uh, money? Start a kit? No. Kickstarter, Kickstarter, yeah, Kickstarter, Indiegogo, where you can get online and say, hey, we want you, we, we need money to do this. So, sidebar, I'm thinking about getting on both of those and saying, I want to I bring, I want to bring visuals of the Facade podcast to YouTube so that people can see me as I'm having conversations with me, myself, and I with my person, persona, and facade that don't exist. We try to have them discussions, right? And I can ask for money, and y'all can fund this, and we can really get it out here and knock it out, right? Entrepreneurial spirit. We not gonna shame that. I had a conversation with a couple of my cousins. I won't say who. Well, 
Sorry, not my cousins. That's dry snitching. With some people that I know, well, that's dry snitching. Some people I used to know back in the day who worked at, let's say, Whataburger, right? So it was times that they worked at Whataburger, and they was like, hey, for the next two hours, anybody that come up here and order something, we're going to take their order, take their money, cancel their order, call the order out, and we coming up, and we going to split. <laughs> So let me slow it down for you. Here's the come up. I come up. I order a number seven. A number seven is $4.38. Right? After you make your order, I call it back. I cancel the order. When you give me the money, I put the money in my pocket for two hours. So that's like that sale never happened. Right? And so the money that was generated from the come up, right, was used to create a studio where some rap music was made by people that I don't know that eventually got signed for a record deal that connected to people that I do know that's on tour right now. <laughs> and I'm not going to say who because I, I, I ain't that type of guy. Like, I, I ain't a snitch, right? Like, I, like I was saying, hey, you know, for instance, if y'all want to do, I was thinking like Rick Ross. When I think about entrepreneurialism, he, he do the Wingstop thing. That's his thing. That's his Rick Ross hustle, right? And so I think to myself, who better to aspire to be like than Rick Ross, right? So you can have your own place, but you're going to get people to tell you that's trash. Like, why would you steal from Whataburger? Is it stealing from Whataburger? <laughs> like, Whataburger paying you $4 an hour to make them $2,000, $4,000 an hour, Right? I never worked at Whataburger. I never been on register. My first job was at McDonald's for Horace. He was the only black man in the 90s that owned McDonald's in Oklahoma. He put a brother on. Thanks. Shout out to Horace Stevenson. He was, Horace is what? Uh, 80? 80? 80? Horace one of the dudes I was talking about that don't have no TV in his bedroom neither. Right? Shout out to him. So I get that. That's, that's the entrepreneurial spirit. I'm not going to operate in some anti-blackness and tell you don't hustle that register. I'm not going to say that, right? Because I don't give advice about stuff I ain't never done before, right? But I'm just saying, sometimes the come up is the come up. And more importantly than that, oh, I have, did have a cousin too. Well, so I did have a cousin that was dating a manager that was working at Wendy's, right? And so what they would do was... They would save money. She would say, hey, we're not, we throwing away, air quotes, all this bad and damaged food that we can't sell. Make that chicken. They would make chicken. Discount that chicken. So some of that chicken was getting gave away for free. <laughs> but the money that was made during them hours, that money was getting put in the pocket, Right? So I'm, I'm all for entrepreneurial startups. So what we're not going to do is shame people that want to have the entrepreneurial spirit and try to get the come up on the come up. Like, who am I to shame somebody for wanting to do that? Like, hip-hop is in a phase right now where you got Ciroc. I turn on the TV, I see Ciroc Vodka. So you come to my house, I got Ciroc Vodka because I support Puff. I go to Wingstop, even though I don't, Rick Ross ain't, don't own no Wingstop where I live at, but them Lemon Pepper, woo! <laughs> the lemon pepper wings is extra fire. Extra fire. I love those. 
That's Rick Ross. I mean, I was a fan of Khaled until he got on the internet and started talking about how I Gore, by title the creator, shouldn't have been the number one record. Come to find out, DJ Khaled's record, this cost me like $5 million. That's what, my, that's what my man academic said. It cost him like $5 million to produce the album. So he needed to be number one, even though he got the album sponsored by corporations. So it didn't cost him nothing. But he's trying to hit these numbers so he can get kickbacks, I'm sure. It's like an athlete that signed a contract where you got a base deal. And if you gain 1,000 yards rushing, 1,500 yards rushing, lead the league in rushing, y'all go to the playoffs. We win a playoff game. You rush for 100 yards or more in the Super Bowl. All that, you get incentives. You get more money, right? So Khaled. Didn't hit them a sentence, so he tried to come back and talk trash about my man, Tyler the Creator, who's way more creative. Never heard DJ Khaled rap on nothing. And them albums Khaled be, be wearing, so, sidebar, somebody was on Twitter and they said, hey, DJ Khaled's album sound like somebody that when you see them, they got an ugly outfit on, but because it's three different brands that's, that you think is hot, you think they hot. Here's my thing. Don't do that. Right? So I don't wear a Louis Vuitton belt with a Prada shirt and some Gucci shorts. I don't wear Gucci at all because they had the black face sweater. Gucci trash. So I don't wear that. Like, I wear everything the same. So if I got a Louis Vuitton belt, I got on a Louis Vuitton shirt with Louis Vuitton jeans. Right? I'm, I'm the same. I'm the same. All the way. I'm the same. Top to bottom. Right? I don't mix and match. But I said that to say, I don't support Callie no more. You don't have to do that. You're a big guy. Excuse the pun. You know, Tyler is on the come up. He from the, he from the Frank Ocean camp. Flognard. Them boys is hot. All the last one of them. Their whole crew is hot. So come on, man. Don't do that. But yeah, what we're not going to do is shame the entrepreneurial spirit. Everybody need to get on the come up. I'm for small companies until they become big companies. And then they exploit people. Then they paying somebody 30 cents to make some headphones that they're going to sell for $400 overseas. I'm not for that. Yeah, don't, do, don't do that. Don't exploit people. Support the culture. Like Crenshaw, the marathon continues. I placed an order. It's going to be like four months before I get my order. But it's nip. So, you know, I support, I support OVO. I got an OVO in my closet. That's something else. Like if you say you're part of the culture, I should be able to hear and see it. Like, Title is my streaming service. So my podcast is on, you know, it's on Stitcher. It's on uh, it's on Spotify. It's on Apple. I don't know how to get it on Title. I've been trying to figure out. I think it's just, you know, they hire talent like Rap Radar. So you got Elliot Wilson, B-Dot. Like, that's, I don't think they just allowing anybody to get on Title. I think my hip-hop podcast, which is what this is, right? It's about hip-hop therapy, navigating life. Like, I would love it to be on Title, but it ain't, right? But you can't knock my entrepreneurial hustle. Because I'm trying to get it like you're trying to get it out here in these streets. So anyway, we're 58 minutes in. What we're not going to do is not the entrepreneurial spirit. We're not doing that. Not having that. Talking about. Whew. I had a, this, this, I had a real life experience, but here's the question that I was given by Janice. I won't, I won't give her Twitter handle because she don't want me to, but her name is Janice. Here's the Twitter handle. Here's the question she said. She said, how do you deal with working with black Republicans at work? Especially when they voicing anti-black sentiments about black people around these false notions of meritocracy. <laughs> Whew. Man, oh man. That that see that right there? That's that's the Yeah, that's that's the that's that's the 
Ugh. Ugh. So, I won't say where I was, but I met a black Republican, a black woman, right? And so we, our conversation eased into a conversation where she said that everybody's racist. She said, you don't like white people. I can tell by looking at you. I said, what? She said, yeah. I hit her with the reverse switch up. Some of my best friends are white. <laughs> All right? I don't want to make that up. You know, again, we had people that I know from Utah days, from back in the day, white people that I'm cool with, friends with. Right? And so I was like, yeah, how do you know? She was like, well, I was watching the way you was moving around in the room. Now, she's like 60, watching the way I was moving around in the room. So she had her eye on me for various reasons because I was looking extra sexy that day. Get back to the topic. And she was like, you didn't speak to my husband. I was like, well, I didn't even know your husband. You didn't introduce me to your husband? She was like, he was the one white guy. And my sister, she was with her husband. You didn't speak to him, too. And I was like, well, he was white, too? She was like, yeah, he was white. And I was like, well, we was at a function, and I walked in. He didn't speak to me. He was already there. Here's my rules of engagement. Sidebar, when you come to my house or you in a function, when you enter a room that I'm already in, I speak to you because you coming in because I want to introduce you. When I come into a room, if I got to introduce myself to speak to people, the host ain't doing their job. So I came in. They ain't speak to me. I said, because I didn't speak to them because they didn't speak to me. I'm racist. I don't like white people. She said, yeah. So we got to talking because whenever I'm with invited to something, if you invite me, I represent you. So I don't go off on your guests. So I bit my tongue, and I didn't go off on her. But we got to talking about systemic racism and what it looks like, right? She, and then she switched it up on me. I made a, a valiant argument about systemic racism, about FDA, about black people being, a, being killed, if we could read. Like, this is all law. Racism is rooted in law. And so she was like, well, look at you. You're a first-generation college-going PhD. You made it up out the ghetto. And I said, excuse me? I didn't live in no ghetto. I lived in Musgrave next to North Highlands in Oklahoma City. I represented. Wasn't no poverty in our situation. We was true. We was roses growing in the cement. But it wasn't like Cabrini Green poverty. We was poor, but we wasn't poor. Yeah, dig? We wasn't impoverished. And so I was like, I, I think that's racist that you would say that I made it out the ghetto. And she was like, well, you know, I apologize for that. I don't want to make no false assumptions. I said, your argument is riddled with false assumptions. She said, but look at you. You a professor. You good. You didn't come from a broken home. I said, well, what's a broken home? She said, you know what a broken home is, where the parents ain't, you know, married when they had a kid. And I was like, well, uh, my parents was married, true, but... And then I was like, man, she she's trying to counteract me. And the people's like, yeah, he a first-generation PhD. So I was feeling good, but I was feeling bad at the same time. And after that conversation, without me checking her, I thought to myself, black Republicans like her are a danger to black people everywhere because they believe in meritocracy. They believe that if you work as hard as you can, you get what you deserve, which discounts any seeing of systemic oppressions. That kept you locked out. You didn't get that scholarship. You didn't. You weren't taught how to become uh, whatever it is that you are. It accounts for why it's like three percent of black people in STEM, right? She didn't. She didn't get it. She was like, "And what about Nipsey Hussle?" I was like, "Oh man." She said, "Who killed him?" Just like Malcolm X, a black man. 
See, that's what's wrong with y'all. Y'all out here killing each other. And I was like, you know what? I got to get up. I got up from the table. But to answer your question, black people that's Republicans, that that I, I think that frame of mind, that mindset, now keep in mind, she was third generation college going. So she'd been immersed in riches, well, wealth, her whole life. And the more we talked, she was like, this is what it came down to. She said, because when I was in college, black men wouldn't date me. And I was like, ah, ah, taste the soup. I can't, there's no spoon. Ah, I was like, yeah, that's it right there. You hurt. You married a white man because black men wouldn't love you. And now you internalize that to practice anti-blackness. So now you attack the trajectory of black people. So you comment, you compliment me by saying I'm successful for being a first-generation PhD while you disrespect me simultaneously. Yeah, I didn't appreciate that. So my advice is, give you only got 100 ergs of energy to expend in one day. Try to get it out, right? If you're going to, if you're going to try to help that black person, have that one conversation where you go all the way in, try to plant them seeds, but be mindful. If they psychologically, they practicing racism because they hate themselves, all them seeds you planted ain't on fertile ground. Saying weeds, right? And the weeds gonna choke them seeds out. So at work, I recommend you go in to pray up, get prayed up, get your argument ready, have that one conversation, right? Don't be thinking about what you're gonna say while they talking. Let them talk, come back and be like, yo, this is my thoughts on the situation. And if after that y'all ain't cool, hey, let it be known you ain't cool. Cause she and I, I was offended, but I was with somebody. I was invited to somewhere. We wouldn't have had, if we was in Starbucks, that conversation would look totally different. But I'm a representative of the person who invited me, so I didn't say, I didn't growl up. I growled all tampered down. Right? So, yeah, if you at work, it's your workplace. You got to be in that place. Don't holler and scream. Right? Don't say, what we're not going to do, because <laughs> we already know how that's going to end. Right? If you say, what we're not going to do. So, don't do that. Tamper down. Be patient and decide. You know? Is this, a, is this somebody that I'm, that, I need to make an emotional investment in you. You know, because we talk, we say Black Lives Matter. <sighs> so, yeah, I'm going to jump to the last one, the D-Tangle. We, we are hour and six minutes in. Hey, it's Father's Day, right? And so I, gotta, I, I had to think about myself, you know, and who I was. Right, and so I, I want to give some some perspective, advice about something that I did. So never double back. That's the detangle. The advice is never double back. I had a conversation with somebody recently who was in love with somebody, got drugged through the mud. Right, I think I got drugged through the mud. Time passed. They went back to that somebody. Right? And got drugged through the mud again. And they was coming to me saying, well, what's wrong with me? Am I a bad person? I can't find love. I said to them, never double back. Like the person that you was with, right? That person, they, they asked for a reason. They That relationship ended, you know, like a car crash, a head-on a head collision, right? When I was younger, every I, I never, ever, you know, this, this is my protocol. Right? So I always did stuff to make women break up with me. Girl, when I was younger. Girls, I was younger. I never broke up with anybody. Ever. I just went left. 
to the point where they couldn't bear dealing with me, then they broke up with me. Because my rationale was always, if I want to come back to you and ask you, can we repair the relationship? If I broke up with you, then I got to deal with that for, you know, a couple months. Well, you broke up with me. And so that game may be closed to me. And I never went back, but that was my philosophy. I was like, okay, well, I'm going I'm to I'm be on her nerves enough for her to break up with me. So if I can come back to get her back, I can because I don't have to deal with the fact that I broke up with her. Hey, but me, I don't do that. So I broke up and stayed broke up. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to break up. Don't make up. You broke up for a reason. If somebody got you to the point where you was like, this relationship is over, you don't deserve to be in my life no more, like follow that, follow your heart. You did that for a reason. Get up out of there. That person, don't. they don't deserve you. You don't deserve that stress, right? And sometimes it's you, though. <laughs> So this was funny to me. Every time people, they always the person getting dogged out. That ain't the case. Somebody doing the dogging. I said in the last episode, there's two types of people, boomerangs and frisbees. Love somebody who loves you more than you love them. So when it's time to throw people away and get them out your life, the ones that stay gone, stay gone. The boomerangs, they come back to you. <laughs> Marry that person. <laughs> I said it before. Marry that person. But that's the detangle. Never go back. Never go back to your job that you quit. Never go back. You apply for a position. When I was young, on a, when I was on the job market to get opportunities, I applied for positions at universities one time. When I got that letter, I got a letter, I got a drawer with a letter saying, uh, we're not giving you an interview. We're not hiring you for this situation. You're not a good fit. I saved all those letters, right? Because look at me now. We up here. We, we giants up out of this field. Not yet. We like to get there. I always say it. Once my confidence reaches my skill set, because it's beneath it, man, I'm going to be out there doing phenomenal work then. But right now, I'm still in training. But I done done better than the places that didn't hire me. 100. I take your, your full professors in your department of the places that didn't hire me ain't better than me. 100. I believe that. That's just, hey. My confidence is sore, and that's who I am. And it's not on some arrogantness. It's just on some fact-ish. You dig? So anyway, that's the detangle. I want to say happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, all the mothers that's fathers out there, all the people that's raising kids. That's their kids. You dig? Whether they step, adopted, or foster, those are your kids. Be a parent to those kids. Fathers, guess what? We on Stitcher now. We're expanding the, the platform. SoundCloud is next. So you can go to Stitcher for all the Android users. You can go to Apple and Spotify, right? Check us out. Facade Podcast, Season 1, Episode 9. This is it. Yeah. Y'all got any questions? Hit us up on the DM. We're getting ready to drop that merch in the summer. We're planning to do a college tour. Ah! We didn't book some universities, but I don't want to tell y'all. I don't want to put it out there, out there. But when I come to your campus, I want to see you out there. Yeah, because we're bringing this intellectual humor to the space to learn about some things that we didn't know before. Doc Hotch, son of hip-hop, my nerd, ain't always translated well. <laughs> Yeah, it ain't always translated well. So anyway, we out. One.